Hello, welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. It's uh, it's been quite a while, hasn't it? It's, it's definitely good to be back. My name is Matthew Cooper, and today we're joined by three amazing guests. I'll start with the big man himself, Dave Azapardi. How are you, son? I'm very well, mate. How are you? Yeah, I'm keeping all right, mate. Back on my feet a little bit now. Um, it's probably the main reason why we didn't do the podcast. I'd had knee surgery yeah. and feel like we just needed a bit of a break anyway. Um, but we're all right, mate. Thank you for asking. We're also joined by Finn. Finn, good to see you, fella. How are you? Yeah, been a while. All good, thank you. Got lots of goals to talk about, haven't we? Yeah, loads of goals and <laughs> loads of attacking football. And we've also got another guest on the podcast this week, and I believe it's his first ever time on the on, on the podcast. It's Kieran. Kieran, how you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Cheers, how are you? Yeah, yeah, all good, all good. Kieran's um, contributed to Talking Wars in the last couple of years, haven't you, mate? Yeah, 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 a couple of years now. Yeah, so he's a, he's, a, he's a familiar face if you've been watching the YouTube before and familiar with any of our articles, but good to have you on, Key. So, we've got quite a lot to get through today. Uh, we're going to be looking at the last four fixtures, because I believe that's a, that where we got up to last time. We have a preview in the City game and the Brighton game. Uh, we've also got a little segment from the Wolves 1877 Supporters Trust, which is really exciting. And of course, we'll be taking some of your questions a little bit later on in the podcast. So, chaps, let's dive straight into it. The West Ham game, Wolves 1, West Ham 0. Dave, like... Probably the most complete performance of the uh, of the season for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was good. I was uh, I was hopeful going into it because I thought, especially with fans, uh, we always have half decent form at home against West Ham. The the one game that always springs to my mind is when we beat them. I think it was midweek. We beat them three 0 when Jimenez scored that lovely little dink towards the end yeah. of the game. Um, so I, I sort of looked at that and I thought, oh, we we got a really good chance here. And then. I said it a couple of times now. We did a match preview with a, a West Ham fan, and he was waxing absolute lyrical about West Ham. And I thought, oh no, like they're 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 really good, aren't they? Um, but yeah, when we came, they just—I don't mean—they showed up. We looked really, really good. We did. Um, you know, sort of the likes of Antonio were very quiet. I, I think Declan and Rice is probably one of their better players. I think we restricted him really, really well. But they were quite sloppy, to be fair. So yeah, it was good to to get a win, well deserved. And, um, yeah, big three points against a team that are doing well on all fronts, Premier League, Europa League, and and I believe they're still in the Carabao Cup as well. So, yeah, doing well. Finney, he started Pudence for this game. Uh, kind of brought him brought him in for, was it was it Traore? Did he bring him in for Traore? Oh, no, Trincao. Yeah, Trincao. Yeah. Um, and for me, he was he was a player who, who, who made a difference. He, we, were a lot, we seemed like a lot better in possession. And of course, he got the assist for him and as his goal. Were you impressed with him bringing him in from the cold fin? Yeah, I, uh, I'm probably not the best person to ask about this game because I was watching it on a stream abroad. Um, but it was Portuguese TV, so it's like I was on with you, Matt. To be fair, it was all Brunelage and there's a lot of puddings, puddings. Um, but no, yeah, from what I saw, I probably caught about 50 minutes of it overall from having to refresh and all that. Um, but he looked good. Yeah, obviously set up the goal. That's what we're struggling with the end product, aren't we? And I think I said a few weeks ago, he's the pass before the pass. This time he was the pass. Um, got himself yeah. a nice little assist. And from what I saw then, we we hang on. It was no nerves. And um, yeah, it, it was good really with the lag. That the, the last sort of half an hour, it seemed quite nervy. Um, but I didn't yeah. get to see much of it. So it was quite nice. Just so refreshing. I was, it, I, I, still I, I, I was watching it on the stream at home as well. And I always kind of, the, like, the last five minutes of like, especially like stoppage time, like, you know, the game's going to be over. I, I, I'll just mm. keep refreshing Twitter just to like keep my like, yeah. full time, even though I'm still watching the game. <laughs> have you heard, have you still got Pedenti's match worn shirt there? Yeah, yeah. In the, in the, do you want me to grab it? It's like, yeah, you, you could, talk mate. about it's the game. Right? I've got yeah, the yeah, now, have I? Yeah, yeah, I know there is audio to this, but we can, we can describe it. Um, whilst uh, whilst Finn's getting the shirt, I'll go to I'll go, I'll go to Key. Key, what did you think of the game, mate? I, it's uh, like I said, it's probably the most complete performance of the season. Is there any other players in that in that team that day that stood out for you? Yeah, there are a few. I think um, the wing backs in particular. I think um, for people who've read things that I've written. Carry on, Key. <laughs> I think. For people who've read um, articles and things will know last season I was quite critical of Samado, but I thought he was excellent against West Ham. And he's come on this season and that performance against West Ham typifies improvements this season. Um, his link-up play with the front three, really good. His role in the goal is excellent. Um, and what he did for the goal got noted, but he did that two or three times before we scored as well. Um, and defensively, he was excellent. Dealt with Antonio out wide when he drifted out wide. 
um, at the end. Wolves put the tweeted the video of him at the end with them um, with the two tackles in in the last minute of stoppage time. So really good performance from him um, and Aitnuri as well on that side. Yeah, you, you raise a good point again with Samada because I do, I do feel for him because I feel like he's just like the scapegoat this season. If anything goes wrong, I see it a lot on Twitter. But it's always Samado's fault. But he is like he's partial to dropping a bollock. Like we all know that. But I thought I thought he was excellent too, mate. Especially the role he played in the goal. It's a lovely goal, weren't it, Dave? The uh, has it been has it been nominated for goal of the goal of the yeah, month yeah, for November. Yeah, it was Bruno Ball in full action. That was or what we want Bruno Ball to be. Um, the amount of touches and passes that we had on that was phenomenal. And I, I actually I sort of noticed it before, you know, when we were getting closer and closer, having more efforts on goal. Every time we sort of hitting it, it towards the corners, Fabianski was really struggling to to get across to them. And if all we need here is a nice little strike um, across goal, and it should end up in the back of the net. And that's exactly what happened, to be fair. Jimenez hit across his body and, and in, right into the bottom corner and Fabianski had no chance. So, yeah, really, really well-worked goal. Um, it's actually the last Wolves goal we've seen, to be fair. But, um, yeah, well-worked and had a, had a good three points overall. 20th of November was the last time we saw a Wolves goal. Obviously played three mm-hmm. times since against two teams in the bottom of the league. But we'll come on to that. Is it, <laughs> mate, it's a really tough finish, I thought. I thought, I thought Raul took that with a plum. Um, yeah. Like the, the the role of old, the last three games probably would, would would go against that. But I thought it was a great finish, and I just wish that that Pedence little stand up to the back post went in because that would have oh, been man, an unbelievable yeah. finish. That where he it, it, a little I, chip was it? Yeah, like a little chip. He's almost like stood it up similar to a cross, and it's nearly caught Fabianski out. But he made a good save uh, for Pedence as well, didn't he? I think it was just before the goal. Like you said, he's scrambling in the corners, but mm. we had we had. We had a few scares, didn't we, to, towards the end. There was a few chances. I mean, Bowen had a had a, a he got an inside a safe well and got his Is shot that the away. First but, half. Oh no, yeah. he had a header as well, point yeah. blank first half as well. You know, we, we rolled our luck, but I think they're a good side. They are gonna create chances. Um, but I, I still think we thoroughly deserve to win. And mm-hmm. I think it speaks volumes when you see like West Ham fans on 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 Twitter that like they've been waxing lyrical about the side all season, but they were just like Wolves are a very good side. Like mm-hmm. we'd come up against a very good side, but obviously nice to get the three points there. But moving on to Norwich, and I felt after the West Ham game, look, we can build a bit of confidence here. Like West Ham are a top side, go to Norwich. All right, yeah, they've got the new manager bounce. But Finn, how much did we stink the gaff out at Carrow Road? Again, another one that I missed, but I was in the country this time. Uh, just coach problems. Yeah, I'm glad I missed that one, to be honest. It was a tactical dodge from the coach company. I think the most frustrating thing about that game is we really pressed them. I know it's the buzzword at the moment, but we went at them twice and they made mistakes twice and we just didn't do it again. There was one where Cruel, I think, nearly put it in his own net, one where Aaron's yeah. freaked out as well. And then to not do that again, I just, I don't know what the plan was, to be honest. And whether you could still say it was the bounce with Norwich, I think Spurs have proved that that's over. They look really, really average at the weekend. It was just, again, really frustrating. Again, no goal. And as you say, why why are we going there to play like that against a team that at the time probably would have been bottom? It doesn't make sense. I don't think it would have been excused under the man above my head on the Wolves calendar for December. Oh, my <laughs> <an> awkward one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did say that after the game. I was like, if Nuno turns out of that performance, everyone's going mad. And that's not me having to go at Bruno or one in action, but we, we, we just would have. Just would, I feel yeah. like... He, the last two or three games, more so the, the the Norwich game and the Burnley game, Bruno's had a bit of an easy ride with it. I think the Liverpool games that you treat that in isolation because it's Liverpool. Yeah. But Kieran, what did what did you think of the game at Carrow Road? I I, I thought the players just they looked unfit. Look, they're blowing mm-hmm. out their asses after fifteen minutes. Yeah, um, for my sins, I was there. I wasn't lucky enough to have the couch can. <laughs> Yeah, it, it was. It was. I mean, the black behind me described it as bang average. I said that wasn't bang average. That was really poor. Um, and and like Finn just touched on, we, we pressed Norwich high up the pitch twice with intensity and forced two mistakes. One was um, a poor back pass. The other, the keeper put the ball up for a corner. We didn't press them again. Um, it, whether that was a lack of plan, whether it was I don't know the lack of energy, like saying the players they did look tired on the day. Um, it was just poor. And in the end, we're walking out of car around kind of happy with a point. Um, if you can't win it, don't lose it. But we need to be going there and. And putting it on a better performance, even if we don't get the result, we just didn't have the we didn't have a go, particularly in the second half. But we're really poor in the second half. Mm. I, I, 
I'd probably say it feels like the most disjointed performance of the season um, in terms of linking up, especially the front three, Dave. Like, what was what was going on with that front three? I don't know. I'm, I'm glad I've had a few sleeps since then, so I've been able to forget the game, to be honest. I, honestly, there's zero memorable moments from the game whatsoever. Um, and like you said earlier, you know, Dean Smith having that sort of new manager bounce, we just didn't really know what to expect. I suppose he had the slight advantage of obviously managing us just a few weeks before, but I, I don't know. It was it was dreadful. Uh, was it Trincao that started that game? Yeah, I just don't he, understand. He, first half just giving the ball ball away so much. He yeah, he was poor. The subs for me didn't make much sense, unfortunately either. Um, Troy Allray coming on, spending about three or four minutes at right wing and then going to right wing back. Um, I don't understand why he didn't just bring Keanu Hoover on and then keep Dharma further forward. Um, so it didn't, yeah, the, the subs didn't make much sense to me. And I thought with 20 minutes to go, if you want to push and win the game, you've got to get a Dharma Troy or as high as you can. There's no point in him trying to drive from deep with the ball. So, yeah, uh, definitely want to, to forget. And for me, I said it was two points dropped. A lot of people said, no, it was a point gain based on how we performed. But on paper, no disrespect in Orange, we should be beating them. Yeah, definitely. But people say, oh, you know, it's it's a clean sheet. We defended well. We didn't defend well at all. Jose Sarr <laughs> pulled off a few good. Look how many times oh, they went through on goal. Um, in and in and around the area, simple balls was absolutely cutting us. Sloppy. He was so sloppy. Yeah, um, and Pookie had a couple of good chances as well. I take my Pookie, like his movement is unbelievable. He just can't finish. But he's yeah, finished. Yeah. Well, we tried to <laughs> we tried to sign him, didn't we? Apparently. Um was it when they went down? Or when we come up or something. Really? I can't remember. We did, we tried to sign him, though, yeah. Or we at least inquired about him. But yeah. Yeah. He's he, he's getting a few goals this season, but he always seems to like, especially against us, like squander loads of chances. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I said, they, we didn't we we didn't defend well. We called upon Jose Sar, um, which we've done for probably every single game this season. He's been he's been outstanding and See, a lot of fans asking the question of whether he's an upgrade or a downgrade on Patricio. I, I think there's two completely different keepers, but one thing I will say is I've got a lot more faith with Jose Sar between the sticks and that Patricio, especially last season. Distribution's better, I think, as well. Yeah, and I still think his distribution's fairly average, but Patricio's mm. was, was so poor. The thing the thing is with that, I, f- I think his distribution's a lot more positive than, well, Patricio's yeah, yeah, was right. non-existent. Yeah. But even on Saturday, I saw a few people saying his kicking and stuff was rubbish. It wasn't necessarily rubbish. I just don't think the forward players are making the correct runs for him. Um, mm. And I suppose he should probably hold fire until he knows the runs are going to be made. Um, but sometimes the likes of Adama were just giving up on the ball. Um, but I think it's a positive. Even John Ruddy, I know we're comparing ahead with John Ruddy with Saar here, but even John Ruddy had a good... Uh, bit of distribution on him sometimes. I think yeah. I saw the highlights from when we beat Bolton, was it, in the Championship and Jota's goal ball, towards the yeah. end. What a ball that was. So, yeah, I think that's that's a, a definite uh, positive we saw. Mm. I think the Norwich game, was it the least amount of shots of face in the Premier League this decade, something like that? Since they've been in the Premier League, I think, Since yeah. they've been in the Premier League. and this cent- I, mean, I think it was this century, but yeah, whenever they're in, in the top five. And for... I mean, for for this century, they've in the Premier League, they've been nothing but fisted, have they? Like they've just been the whipping boys <laughs> of, of the league. So That's for true. us to go there and have like the least amount of shots out of everyone, and there's been some poor teams in the Premier League the last decade, is is a little bit concerning. But Finn, I know you watch it on a dodgy stream, but what what do you think was going wrong up top? Do you feel that the the front three were playing too far apart? I mean, Raul, like I looked at like the average position and of each player, and I was just like, what on earth is what is what on earth is that? Yeah, I didn't see that. Was Raul isolated looking at the stats, if you know what I mean, on the average positions? That's what it felt like during the game. Yeah, and I know Raul like tends to drop a bit deeper as well, didn't he? But it was just mm. like it was it was all over the place. Absolutely. It seems all to be the, the away place. games recently just leaving Raul on the halfway, like Crystal Palace especially. It seems to be the away games recently, they just leave him there and hope for the best. But yeah, whether they're too far apart, I think Wang's performances have dipped and he maybe wasn't great. Um, aside from the goals that he was scoring and now the goals have dried up, I think people are starting to notice. But there's definitely a player in there. We just need to, I don't know, get a few more goals to, to cover up the deficiencies. But there's a reason we've got him on loan and an option of 14 million, isn't there? But um, Trincao, I thought there was one run in the Norwich game where he went on quite a little maze. He one, did, did four or five. And then it's just that end, when you get knocked off the ball so easily, everything else is forgotten, in it? The other four that you've taken on. So whether we're going to have time to bulk him up to see whether he's worth 25 million with him, I think it's a, 
a, a good debate to have. I'd, I'm unsure at the moment, but this, you can see on the ball, if they left him to it and was in La Liga or whatever, he's a fantastic player. Yes, but what I don't understand is Bruno saying we need more, we need need more aggression in our play, and then decides and then to you, touch yeah. him, Kyle, like because he's probably the least aggressive person we've got on the side. He doesn't. He, I know it's a it's a very lazy show to say he's lightweight, but I think I feel like it, that is the mm. case. Like he, he he's too lightweight. But I might have seen a few players shirt challenges this season. I've seen mm. quite a few. I mean, um, Liverpool put a video up earlier of Thiago winning the ball back yeah. off Adama, and he just like he does he does bottle it, and I don't I don't like to say that at all. Like it wasn't it wasn't a nasty tackle, but you could tell he didn't fancy it. Um, but he's getting Neil Warnock in as a first team coach, I reckon. You've got it. <laughs> you've got to die for three points. <laughs> Do not shirk in tackle. <laughs> <laughs> no, you've, you've got to you've got to put it in where it hurts. But yeah. that Norwich that Norwich game was was dreadful. And I know we did a Twitter spaces after the game, didn't we, Dave? Um, probably picked the fucking worst game of the season to start doing a Twitter space because everyone who came in was proper depressive. It was as if we were bottom of the league and about to go down. Yeah, I feel like I feel like I don't think it was negative half of it. I feel it was like it was realistic of what they've just seen. But I was really surprised to see quite a few comments about the space to be like how negative we were being. I was like, I don't think we were, but like, what the only positive you can take away from that is that we haven't conceded a goal. Like, well, the thing is, how... people apparently you can't be upset with a nil-nil draw against bottom of the league when you're sixth in the table. That was basically the the thing. I was there like, well, you're not going to get anywhere, are you? If you're just going to be happy with every single performance, yeah. And that's that... why, like, we haven't won in four games now, but it's mm. okay because we're still eighth. But, but that kind of mentality is what what see so you go back down to League One. Yeah, like yeah. you've got to you've got to you've got to want to be the best. You've got to keep pushing on, and you can take positive signs. Yes, we didn't get beat. Still got a point, but it's still not good enough to where we would like to think we could be. Um, but you are right that we beat West Ham and it was we go into Europe we lose, we draw with Norwich and it's well I worry about us all so if I should have put the hand in the pocket in January I worry about he'll walk he will he'll walk I tell you now he'll walk <laughs> like, it's just, he's it's, got a new Frank's yeah it's 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 the same shouts but I think going into the Burnley game which was a quick turnaround he played on the twenty seventh and played on the first on the Wednesday. I was saying to my brother before the game, I was like, he's, "There's gonna, we're gonna get a reaction here. Like, they're gonna, he's gonna get a rocket up the arse, and they're gonna, they're gonna play a lot better." But, Kieran, do you think you got the reaction that was needed from the Burnley game, following on from the the draw at Norwich? It, it was better, but it wasn't good enough. And and the, the, you can argue there were chances there we we could have won the game, and and perhaps we could. But you need to be putting those sides to bed if you want to be finishing the top half, challenging for Europe again. And I think games like Norwich, particularly away from home, you think. If you put in a below par performance, you take a point, you, you chalk it off, move on. And if you've got to follow it up, and we didn't follow it up with a win. If we'd have took four points from Norwich and Burnley with a poor performance at Norwich, you'd probably be quite happy with that. Um and it was better, but it, it still wasn't it wasn't good enough. It was a for me, it was a real missed opportunity going into what is a, a, a tough run of fixtures um ahead of us. You know, that if you can't win it, don't lose it mantras, okay, away from home. But those home games against poor sides, we, we really need to start looking at winning because that is the difference at the end of the day between finishing the top half and not. I agree, mate. And I, I, I echoed the same kind of thoughts that you, know, you beat West Ham and you've got two very, very winnable games before you face the likes of United, Arsenal. I mean, Arsenal obviously aren't very good at the minute, but it's still a tough place to go. Man City, Liverpool, you know, they're all they're all coming up within the next next like 30 days. And that could have put a bit of daylight between us and the likes of Palace, Everton, etc. For us to, you know, we get through that tough run of fixtures, hopefully being in some reinforcements in January, and we're still in with a shout of, you know, that seventh place. But it really was a missed opportunity. And I just hope towards the end of the season, if, you know, we're still still in, in around in this position, that we don't look back and think, what if we would have had a go in them two games? But I know when I spoke to you, Dave, <coughs> pardon me, um, during the Burnley game, I was watching it at home still. I was like, this is fucking dreadful. And you were like, I don't think we played that bad. Yeah, like Kieran said, I said to, towards it, it was way, it was way better than Norwich game because I think we we had full control of that match against Burnley. I don't, I can't really remember. I think Chris Wood had a half chance. I can't remember too much when they threatened us and we had full mm. control. But just going forward again, and 
for a t for a manager <clears throat> in Bruno Large, it was scoring for absolute fun at, at Benfica, or you know, I had a team that was scoring for fun. It, it's mad that he sorted us out defensively, um, and we just can't seem to to score the goals. Um, Adama obviously with the best chance of the game in that first half, where you know he, he took everybody. Well, uh, you know, ran the length of the pitch more or less with that player. And at the time, I thought, oh, like he had to shoot. Uh, but then looking at the replay, he had a good three, three or four seconds to pass to Raúl. And if he passes that ball, you know, we're having a completely different conversation now. Um, so yeah, it was, it was frustrating. I think in the second half as well, he made a really good run and just made the wrong wrong pass as well. So it's just that final ball with everybody, not just Adama, mm. um, Trincao, Huang, Huang. I just don't know what's going on um, in every game for me. Bar the games he scored in, I think Newcastle he had a good game. Um, I think it was Everton at home. He looked quite bright, but every other game I think he's been quite poor. I agree. Um, so I think it's possibly still a little bit early to tr to trigger that purchase clause. Although on paper it looks quite an attractive price, I think you've got to wait. Um, and I think he's still our top goal scorer, actually. Fit, you know, and that, that's quite scary considering you know how long it's been since his goals. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's just that final ball at the moment and just being a little bit more ruthless. The first few games we're having shots from range, testing the goalkeepers and so on. At the moment, I think we, we seem a little bit too scared to do that. Even against Liverpool, I know we'll come on to that. The decision making had question marks over it. And it, again, that could have been a different result if we just made the right, uh, the right moves. Mm, just looking at the um, the top scorers now, like Huang's on four goals, and then like Jimenez on three. You've got yeah. Connor Cody on one. Yeah, <laughs> Cody, and I think it's that back three. Nick Kilman, Cody says, yeah, and like Neves the Cody, one, the Cody yeah. one, and the Neves goals. I'm, I'm not being funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're not they're not I'm not having that um, you are right about no I feel mate he's but he has scored goals which is primarily primarily his job so you can't knock it I feel bad for he's got the best uh, shot to goal ratio out of any player in the prem is it like yeah, four and five shots something like that uh, I think he's maybe a few more shots than that I think his goal he gets it's 0 0.4 I think his shot to goal ratio wow off the top of my head yeah, it's uh, yeah. it doesn't, he doesn't pull the trigger now though. I remember when we yeah. first we first signed him. I think it was the Newcastle game. I said, when he's within the width for like the goal, I, like you know, if he's like eighteen yards, I always fancy him that he's he's going to score. Was it the Burnley game? He had a chance and he come really yeah, close. He hit it across goal. The goal yeah, he had Everton was he had a goal. Yeah, but against Burnley, he had one, and he was similar angle to the Newcastle game. And I think Nick Pope just got a really slight touch on it. Yeah, that was a really good chance. Point, yeah. yeah, yeah, that that was the one. Um, I, I just I'm I'm still not convinced about him. I thought maybe this time three or four weeks ago it was him and Jimenez that that they're they're in the front three, and it's just that right wing position that was up for grabs. But now I think it. it Every, every position, not so much Jimenez's, but those two wide positions have got to be up for grabs. And I, I wouldn't be, um, I wouldn't dislike maybe trying, sticking with the five at the back, but going with like a 5 2 one, 2 and putting a number 10 in, bringing the front three a lot closer together because I think that's the issue at the moment. And bringing in, I know Paul Merson had the shout of Deli Alley the other day, but bringing in a player like that just to sit him closer to the strikers and try and string some moves together because we, we're getting the ball wide in good positions, but there's no one in the middle. A lot of the time, Jimenez is on the wing and then you've got no one in the middle. So what's the point? So play a little bit more narrow, play a bit more central. In the, in that Burnley game, Jimenez was playing like right wing for half the first half. I, I, sort, of, I, I sort of got it um, in the fact that, you know, Jimenez was playing right wing and that meant Adamo was always Adama. through the middle and picking up the pockets of spaces centrally, running at their centre-halves. But when we were getting the ball out wide, why are we whipping it in versus Collins and Ben Mee? When you got Adama or, or Huang in the middle, it just didn't make any sense to me at all. No, no, I completely agree. And I feel like you have got to hold off on that, um, on the purchase because it's our purchase. We, we've got first dibs, haven't we? Up until oh, well, yeah, but apparently, up, according until... to Football Insider and after people that were replying to me, <laughs> anybody can buy him. Fucking... There's, there's been a few things this week on Twitter, and I'm loads, not saying yeah. Not that, I'm not saying us that are all football experts, but some of the basic football rules, like why can't Morgan Gibbs White play against Wolves in the FA Cup? Just like, so how long have these <laughs> rules been in place? Come on. Oh, we'll come on to more in a bit later, I feel. But we do <coughs> we do miss the sock of someone running off the ball from midfield. 
in, in three. It doesn't necessarily have to be a number 10. It just needs to be one of your midfielders prepared to make, and I think it, this is a sign for the front three as well at the minute, like acceptable risk. And we're not taking any risks at all. It's far too yeah. conservative up front. And we're probably not mm. scoring many chances. Um, Finn, before we go on to the Liverpool game, who uh, is a Dharma at fault? Well, obviously, but for that, for that pass, the, the shot he had at the bar, do you feel he should have passed it earlier? Do you think he's gone on a maze when he's got to hit it there? What do you th- I know it's easy to look in hindsight and say, well, he's passed it and Raul's scores, but do you feel he deserves the criticism that he got for it? Because he was getting a, he was getting a lot of stick on Twitter. Same with Samaida, which I have no fucking You're literally asking Raul Jimenez his biggest super fan here as well. <laughs> <laughs> that chance he deserves criticism, but I don't know. I just feel, do you not think in the Molyneux in general, and it comes on to Liverpool game as well, do you not think every time he gets the ball, everyone's ready to criticise it? Like you hear the noise go different in the stadium and it's like it's no one else on the pitch gets it. It's like they're ready for him to make a mistake or if he stood still. If five players are stood still, you'll hear someone go, they all right, move, stuff like that. So he does get over-criticised, but on that one, I think you've got to pass it. But at the time, I was going, go on, go on, take another one, take another one. So it's, it's I don't know. I'm, I'm going to sit on the fence on it. it literally what, a couple of inches lower and he's basically broke the net off. So, I think, no, no, I, think got, we... I don't know why I'm giving him a chance. He's got to pass it. But as well, as a general thing in that game, our best chances came off Burnley yeah. corners that were just... Yeah, on the car, yeah. And the wider point that I was going to make before, sorry, Dave, and then I'll, we can talk about Troy, right? I think one of the most foregone conclusions in football is when Man City play Burnley because they sit back and the interplay, the build-up play on the edge of the box, is they can't cope with it. And I noticed that our build-up play was so slow. There was no movement. Everything was so slow in and around the box. So, as I say, our best chances came from the guy that we criticised the most because we resulted in, right, let's bring them all up to our box and we'll hoof it up to him and he can run. It's, it's a bit poor, really. He I was think, the only outlet, though. He was the only one creating chances for yeah, us. Yeah, I think with the pace he was running right at goal, I think with the Dharma, like, he just focused on the goal, just focused mm. on it and... Maybe if he was, it was someone like Trincao running at goal, slightly little bit less pace. He's got, you know, and you know, yeah. might be able to have that eye on him. But I think with the pace Adama was running at, he just had one focus: take it around this defender and put a shot on goal. It, it, like you say, if it's a couple of inches lower, it's arguably one of the goals of the, the season. Yeah. It's mad, but if puts some maybes, no absolutes. No absolutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we we moved on to the Liverpool game last Saturday on the fourth and. I feel like we're all just kind of fearing the worst, Kieran. Um, Liverpool are banging form, scoring fours and fives at will each week. Um, but it was nearly, but not quite, not quite, wasn't it, Kieran? Yeah, it was. I think defensively, it was a really good display. And I think the fans appreciated that. The reception at the end was brilliant. Um, but I was saying to you earlier, it's that difference between where we were two three years ago against big sides we were taking the game to them we were having a go and we didn't see that on Saturday um I mean if we come out with a nil nil draw no one mentions it but you would like to have seen a bit more going forward um Liverpool are in fantastic form and I think to restrict them for 93 minutes is really good um players deserve a lot of credit and I was gutted at the end I was actually gutted for the players more than anything because they had nothing to show for for the performance they put in the effort they put in um I felt for Hoover a bit I think he was throwing in through no fault of his own or, or anyone else's without Nori's knock. Um, and the goal came with li- little to no time to reply, um, which was a shame. But yeah, it would have been nice to see a bit more going forward. Okay, do you think that we got what we deserved? Would you feel that, uh, you know, Liverpool were, I mean, you know, should they got a point? Should, it, should, should they have won the game? Because I, I, I'm of the opinion that we got exactly what we deserved. I think from a Wolf point of view, you'd say um, for the the effort they put in and, and the defensive display, we, we would have earned the point. But um, if you look at the game as a whole, as a neutral, and certainly as a Liverpool fan, you'd say they dominated. And the chances they had, Jota's miss. Um, so I made a great save with about five minutes to go from Mane. Um, they'll say they deserve the win. And on the balance play, you can't argue with that. But I think defensively, the effort they put in, they, they, they deserve a point to show for it. Mm. Dave, what do you reckon, mate? It's good team, wasn't it? it, was, it yeah, uh, I... Just absolutely gut wrenching the way you always harder when you lose it in the ninety third minute. I think it was the first game this season that I, I thought, you know, what we're going to lose. I think I've gone into really high confidence in every other game this season, and I thought, right, I'm looking at their numbers, I'm looking at how many goals they scored, 
I think it's just going to be sort of a dam damage limitation more than anything. But like Kieran said, we played really, I thought we played really, really well, defended really well. And it was frustrating. And it's not until I got home and sort of looked and thought, right, we've had three shots or whatever it is. We didn't deserve to, to win the game. But look, if we went out, I don't know what Liverpool fans are expecting, especially some of the ones that were commenting on our, our videos. Oh, my, I don't, I don't, but I, I don't, I'm not sure why they what they were expecting for us to come out with a high our defensive line on the halfway line and trying to attack him. That that's never gonna happen. So the amount of times they must play teams that play like this. And I thought we showed some intent. Obviously, a lot of it was going through Adama. Second half, we started really well. But there was a chance, I think, Adama, when he beat Van Dijk, you know, he beat him in a 50-50 and got round him. And he was very unselfish. For me, he should have shot on his left foot. I think Quang as well had a chance where he should have shot earlier. So I think that shot stat could have been higher, but it was our own fault that it that it wasn't. Um, but I felt we deserved something out of the game. I think, we, you know, we defended well. I felt we deserved deserved a draw. Um, but because I don't think, yeah, yes, we didn't attack much, but I can't. I don't understand why people thought we were going to attack and have loads of shots on goal because it was never going to happen against one of the one of the best teams in the world. So it, it's just unfortunate. I was gutted when they scored, but I felt I think every Wolves fan knew the, the, the closer it came to the full time whistle, the more likely it was going to be that they were going to score. Um, but for me, I think Keanu Hoover man should have played that ball way earlier, and that for me is what it, it was the, the the turning point. And I saw he obviously put that apology out yesterday. I put heads up, mate. And then, but well, I know it was his fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon, Finn? Do you reckon Hoover's to, to blame for, for for the goal? I don't. I blame him more for the bit that he did before the defending. The defending, he's tried to show Salah onto his right foot, and then Salah's done something class on his right foot. So I don't really blame him there. I mean, it's he's trying to show onto. And under Nuno, if there was ever Hoover and Semedo, it was always Semedo on the left, wasn't it? He was more maybe two footed. So I. That was a bit weird, and maybe I can try and make an excuse for him there. But yeah, I did. It was more down the other end for me. I don't know what he was going for down the other end. It just seemed like a bit Bambi on ice. And then he got back in well. Salah's touch is phenomenal. It, I'm not. I didn't come out thinking, oh, it's all Hoover's fault. But eight, I think it's just the level of performance that Nori put in. That's probably his best defensive performance. Pocketed Salah, didn't he? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The only thing I'd say is that we didn't go at Trent enough. Like we let him do all his stuff that he's good at. And once we challenged him defensively, I remember Ruben Vinagre, do you remember when we put out that like second mm. team against Liverpool once and Vinagre did him four or five times. Aitnoy did it Body. once and added time in the first half and we got probably our, one of our only shots from the game. Mm -hmm. So why we didn't challenge that a bit more? But yeah, as Dave said, you're not going to keep a team that scored four or five goals every week, that quiet and offer an attack as well at the level of team that we are. The only criticism you could say is that we got caught offside probably too many times. I think some of them yeah. were questionable, though. You know, why didn't you yeah, know the rules, awesome, man? You meant to play on, and our guy was doing it. The Lino for that. I don't know who told me. It's I can't remember who I was talking to, but basically, apparently, they, they, there was a really close offside, and he didn't flag, and they were absolutely mad at him. And then he was flagging every time. Every, there was yeah. one where Jimenez kicked the ball away, and Jimenez for me, he run past Robertson, and then he puts yeah. the flag up. It was ridiculous. I, I didn't understand some You're of it. Meant to play on, aren't you? Yeah, I couldn't see yeah. from where I was, but it looked close. Yeah, I, I thought Aitnuri was outstanding, especially his positional sense. Like, so good. Kilman as well had a really, really good game. Yeah, he was brilliant. Oh, the, the whole back, the whole well, back back five really. Even even, even Cody. that 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 Salah Cody. chance had in the first half. Like, but when we're talking about stuff like this, obviously the Jota chance, the Mark, the Saf save, the 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 Salah chance. Like, it could have been it could have been three or four, which is why mm. you know I don't feel too aggrieved not to come away for anything. I'm just gutted, and and it what you lads have just said we didn't just go at them a little bit more because I felt like when we did they they looked mm. a bit shaky I do feel that their defence is there to be got at especially mm. like it's going to sound mad but Van Dijk since his injury he looks very slow on the turn he's still probably the best centre half in the league by an absolute buzz ride but he looks slow on the turn and against someone like Traore like he did struggle when he got he mm. got squared up by him but it was it, we just didn't do it enough but I think for me, we got what we deserved, um, and I just hope, I just hope the game on Saturday against Man City, the half twelve kickoff, is a little bit different. It's going to be a a, a more different. It's going to be a different task. They're going to frustrate us probably a bit more with possession. But we've seen the blueprint for beating Man City before, Kieran. Can we do it again? 
Uh, I've probably got less confidence now than I did when we last beat them. But um, it's difficult because I, I did have a bit of hope we'd get something from Liverpool um, on, on Saturday. And obviously, we, we were close to doing so. But going, going away to Man City, not... There aren't many fans of any club in the Premier League that can go and actually visualise their side winning at Man City other than the top probably two or three. Um, I think most Wolves fans will say if we put in a performance and give them a game, regardless of the scoreline, we'll all come away happy. Um, I think it's a huge, huge ask to get anything anything from there. The form they're in, the form we've been in lately. Defensively, um, we've, we've done well. Um, but is, will it be enough to stop them? I, I just can't see it, to be honest. I've lost tonight. Well, Tuesday night is they've lost lost Leipzig in the uh, the Champions League, so let's just hope, Dave, that they um they they're gonna have a massive reaction and and we're gonna bounce back because I really don't want to be on, on the end of a dicking. Thought you meant yeah. City then, Matt. Let's hope they have a big reaction from Leipzig. <laughs> Take it, mate. I thought you meant City. Well, they've been beat tonight. Let's hope they have a big reaction. Sorry, no, they don't have a big reaction. <laughs> I'm not traveling all the way out to Manchester to get done. No, <laughs> the thing is, when we beat them, and even in the Carabao Cup with all those years ago with the bright disaster class, oh um, my god, it was just the, the the longer we played, the more frustrated they got and the more open they got, and that's how we mm. beat them with a dart when a Dharma scored the two. Because even a Dharma played right wing back that gap for the majority of that game and pocketed, pocketed Sterling, Sterling. yeah. yeah. Um, but like you could see. From about 70, 75 minutes, they started, their fans were getting frustrated. They started coming higher up the pitch, opening up. And that's how we got them. And I think, I'm not, it, and to be fair, we did have one or two good chances. I think Catrone uh, spooned a really good chance right at the start of the game. If we, the longer we can hold them at nil nil, the more likely Wolves are to, to get, get a win, basically. And I think we just got to frustrate them. Um, I'm confident in our defensive ability that we can, you know, we can hold teams. We've seen that, how well we can defend. Um, and, and at the start of the season, if you said, right, this team, this back five here, eight Nori Samedo says Cody Kilman, before we kicked the ball in the Premier League, this is going to have one of the best defensive records in the league. About halfway, you'd say, no chance. But they have, they've been really, really good. So we just need that bit more creativity from midfield. And I think adam has got to start as well, again, against City. And as frustrating as he is, He's the only player that's going to get us up the pitch and cause City some problems, I think. Mm. Would you start Pedensfin on the left? That's what, Yeah, I was just about to say that. He's back. I think this one, back this one was from Man City, I think, this one. So, it's always good <laughs> omens. <laughs> um, that for the visual audio listeners, even, that was the Pedens shirt. I'll chuck that Um I probably would. You know, the thing is, Huang offers a lot defensively as well. So you may need him. It works hard. Especially, yeah, it, it should be, in theory, a good balance, Wang Jimenez-Treore, and that you can sort of leave Treore further up because Wang was really putting in the yards against Liverpool. I, oh, I, I think Pedence needs to get in there, and that's when I just keep coming back to the ball. Obviously, we're not going to do it this weekend, but the formation change eventually because Pedence mm-hmm. could fit that number 10 really well, and then you've got all of them on the pitch. Um, but for this one... I'm tempted to keep it the same and then bring Pedence on, like Dave said, if it's 60 minutes and nil-nil. You could do it then. But then again, it's the same thing. Who do you then take off on 60 minutes because you've still got a defence? So I'd probably keep it the same. I'd lean towards just because we don't know how he's going to be. Um, but City, they scare me less. Now, I saw a tweet and I haven't had it out of my mind for about three months ago. And it said like City really swapped Sane and Sterling darting in behind and causing people problems just for... Mares and Grealish to play Volta in front of a back five. <laughs> and it really stuck in my head that I think if, if they do that against us, I've got Volta. confidence, as you say, in that back five that they can deal with that. I'd be more... I remember that game, um, first season when Bolly got sent off when it was Sane and Sterling causing problems in behind. Mm. I think we might be better with the style that they go with now, but saying that, watch them dribble all the way through as Bernardo Silva's in red-hot form now. So oh, he's a joke. He's magic. Him. I love watching him play. Uh we might not even have Aitnuri, he might be injured. Cody might be injured. Oh, yeah. He's been, he's been struggling with his ankle, hasn't he, for quite a while. Aitnuri had to go off injured. Imagine that this is the start of the back four. No. Respect Pascal Estrada. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine this is the start of the back four. We go to City and absolutely dick them in their own backyard. Yeah. 10 0, <laughs> Bruno just staring at the sky. Ben <laughs> many men, many men. Millie Rockin. 
I can't, I can't see it happening. It's going to be such a tough game. Um, but it's sold out, even though it's, it's on telly, isn't it? It's on BT. Yeah. So, um, are you, are you going? Yeah, yeah, I'm going up. Um, Die hard. Yeah. <laughs> We're all there, actually, aren't we? Finn, you there? We are. Yeah, I don't know. I'm getting there at the moment, but Ooh. I'll find a way. So, yeah, another tough game. We'll quickly just brush over Brighton because we're like, conscious of the time. We've got loads to get through still. Brighton next Wednesday. Um, must be absolutely mad if you're going to, you're going to that one, Koo. Yeah. Go on, yes. Good evening. We're yeah. all going. Yeah. We're all oh, going. Oh, oh yes. Die Hard FC here. Yeah. <laughs> so, die hard. I've not been to a game in a month. Uh, <laughs> and it's a bigger uh, sacrifice than you think, by the way, because Spider-Man's out on the same day. And I can't find a way to do it, so I'm having to see Spider-Man a day late just to go to Brighton. So. What the fuck is wrong with you? Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up the heroes. I can't. You know, you just said that out loud on the internet. <laughs> Proud of it, mate. Own it. Three yeah, Spider-Men, so. one film. What a oh, sad oh. little life. <laughs> Talk, talking Marvel with Finn Morris. <laughs> um, it's going to be a different different test, isn't it, for us compared to the City game? I, I, I earmark that Brighton game as a winnable game. Key to you. Yeah, I think they've, they've dipped in form quite a bit. Um, when you look at, the, I mean, you Brighton away in December on a Wednesday night, you're all rolling your eyes at it. And then actually, I think the the travelling support that's going will, will contain a lot of people who haven't had the chance to go um, this season and in recent seasons. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but in terms of the game, they've dipped in form. They had a really good start. Um, obviously, it is a winnable game. At the very least, I'd like to see us come away from there with a the point. Um, the fact we got Chelsea the week after. Um, but yeah, I... I Putting the performance putting at West Ham um, and and keep up our, our defensive work the last few games, then yeah, we can no reason we can't come away from there with, with three points or at the very very least a point. Love that, mate. I love the positivity, and it will be nice for some of those to um, get down there. I haven't been for the last two or three seasons, and there was loads, there was loads of tickets left. Like um, within like a week after going on sale, I was usually have like a few dotted around and then a disabled seating, but there was quite a few. Um, it has. I feel it separated the men amongst boys going down to Brighton. <laughs> you were like, it's, mate, it's a long, long way to go on a Wednesday night. Um, I'm, on, I'm on the coach on my own. Oh, yeah. Yeah, can't wait. We better uh, win. You'll definitely, you'll, we'll, 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 we'll spank them 4 0. You'll definitely stop over and then get come back in the car with me the next uh, time. Well, look, I've been thinking for the last few minutes, could the incredible Hulk do it on a Wednesday night at the Amex? That's the question, mate. Well, I've just been looking then, actually, as well. It is on at 11 o'clock in Brighton, if we fancy it. Oh, my um, word. <laughs> Go and see Batman ball in action. Yeah. <laughs> um, RFC. Yeah, Gotham City's a tough place to go on a Wednesday night, mate. You don't want to be <laughs> Gotham. <no. laughs> uh, I, think, I think it's going to be the same as Huddersfield in the Championship. No, don't That's say that. Oh, 4-1. Yes, yeah, the, yes. choose, the Tuesday right. night. Oh, I think choose your Wednesday yeah. night. Sacco, Van La Parra, Dicko, Afobe. Was Oof. it 4-0 or 4-1? 4-1. Neil Dan scored a banger. But yeah. yeah, other than that, we bang. I feel like it's going to be one of those. It's get the, they're going to reward us for going down there on a Wednesday Spicy. night. I see. I just hope that's the case. Um, but yeah, we shall be there. Um, so that's the next two games. I won't go on to the game after that because we've just running out of time. Um, but this week, uh, Dave managed to catch up with Sam Payne and Dan Warren, who are part of the Walls 1877 Supporters Trust. Uh, the Supporters Trust are quite a new thing this this season, or definitely this calendar year. And just kind of acts as a an independent supporters representation for the club. Um, Dave managed to catch up, catch up with them this week, and this is what they had to say. So yes, guys, I'm delighted uh, to be alongside uh, two members of the Wolves 1877 Trust. We've got Sam Payne, uh, who is the chairman of the trust, and Dan Warren, who is the vice chairman. Firstly, guys, thank you both uh, for coming on Talking Wolves. Um, Sam, we'll start off with you. Wolves yep. Trust, it's quite a new thing. Well, you told me actually it's coming up to 12 months old, which I can't believe how quick that's gone. But for those listening that have, aren't really aware of the Trust, what exactly is it? Right, the Trust's been set up for all Wolves supporters. That's whether you live in the UK or whether you're abroad. It's basically the follow-on from what was the Wolves Fans Parliament. Um, various members of the Fans Parliament felt that the Parliament was no longer fit for purpose. Um, we weren't getting meetings with the Wolves how we used to. Um, it all seems to have changed when Fosun took over. So we put our heads together 
we came up with the idea that's in line with other football clubs in the country, we should have a uh, members trust. Um, it's basically a open society, which is governed by Football Supporters Association regulations. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Dan, obviously, um, Sam's mentioned there the FSA, the Football Supporters Association. Kieran, who does bits and bobs of talking walls as well, sort of stands uh, as part of the trust, you know, for the FSA. What exactly can that do for, for the Walls Trust? What can that partnership with the FSA achieve for, for you guys? Well, it gives the club a wider representation at a sort of national level. Um, you know, we were one of the very few clubs that didn't really directly feed into that beforehand. And obviously, us having our own supporters trust now, we can feed in Wolves fans' concerns to a national level. And they hold meetings with the government. Um, we had, you know, when the, the European Super League back in the summer, um, you know, immediately all politicians saw the reactions of football clubs, football clubs and football fans from around the country. Those politicians went straight to the FSA to say, well, can you give us some feedback in this? And Obviously, the FSA have been working with, you know, members of parliament, uh, people doing reviews on sport, not just football, but, you know, the wider sort of sport in this country. And it gives us a voice into that. So, as a, you know, the, the average Wolves fan in the North Bank or in the South Bank, by, you know, joining the trust or feeding into the trust, has a direct voice into ministers who are making decisions about football fans. Yeah, that's fantastic. And Sam, obviously, a lot of people listening are going to be, like, like sort of Dan said there, they speak to the FSA, but what about directly to the club? Have you had any interaction right. or much interaction with the club directly? Yeah, I'm regularly in contact with Dave Wood. He's now the uh, fans, the A's and manager. Uh, he's changed roles. We had a meeting with him two weeks ago. Uh, we discussed 10 points on an agenda. Um, Fan-led review came up amongst that. Uh, obviously, mentioning the FSA again there, they've conducted that and that's going to go out in the new year to the fan base. There's going to be various surveys that take part next year. But I'm sure Kieran, who's going to be on the podcast later, will update you a little bit more on that. Just adding to what Dan said, the other thing that the FSA can help supporters with, and they won't be aware of this, if you get in trouble at a match, fans, for whatever reason, you have got the backing of the FSA they will get your legal representation to try and sort and put forward what happened from your point of view. So things like banning orders, um, ejection from grounds, they will help you with things like that. Uh, and hopefully they can help you sort out and get yourself back into a ground. Obviously, there's some things that they, they can't help with, uh, but uh, they would give you guidance. Being a member of Wolf's Trust, we can then put you in touch with the right person to help you with that. Brilliant. And, and going back quickly to obviously talking about uh, talking to the club. I know there were a few open letters when it first started to the likes of Jeff Shee. Have you had any indication of any thoughts directly from Jeff Shee about the trust so far? We put to Jeff and his managers, so the likes of Scott, Russell, Vinny yeah. and Dave, um, over 15 pages of questions. Um, I would say now we've had three quarters of those answered directly oh, back to us. Yeah. Others are going to be covered in um, fans' forums that are going to take yeah. place, um, like the match day experiences. They're now all starting back up again. The big stumbling block was sorting out the new lineup of how the managers and the teams were working at Wolves themselves. Great news now is that has happened and there will be a new support liaison officer in the new year appointed at Wolves. So all the job roles that were vacant have now been filled and the departments are all into working with each other. Uh, I think we mentioned at the trust meeting last week, the big thing was you as a fan try and ring up and want to talk to somebody about ticketing. It's taking you 45 minutes to get through. Yeah. All yeah. staff now are trained, trained in all those areas. We had conversations with them as they were deciding these processes. Good, good. And uh, Dan, if somebody's listening to this now and thinking, actually, yeah, I want, I want to join the Trust, what do they have to do? How easy is it for them to join up? Well, they just have to go onto our website. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get Sam put that out. I always forget the website and technical <laughs> details like that. But all they need to do is go onto there. It's a simple join button. You just have to fill the form out. You can join the FSA at the same time. That's for free. You get that in with your Wolves membership. It's £5 a year to join. Obviously, that you know the, the, the money that we use and we charge 
it, it, we are a non-for-profit organization you know no one's getting a, a payout out of the organization it covers our you know hiring the room it covers uh, our administration costs like the website also it allows us you know um for example our open trust meeting that you came to uh last week it allowed us to do something really nice where we, we got a raffle together to raise money for birmingham children's yeah. hospital uh, and obviously it allowed us to make a, a donation on top of that didn't it sam it did. It was very useful. Jody Craddock came along. Um, he was absolutely delighted to come and he's now become the honorary president of the trust. Um, he had had uh, leukemia with one of his children and he'd been in and out of the children's hospital. So he put forward that as a, a charitable organisation. And between one of our own sponsors, I just mentioned ABC Taxis, uh, we've given £150 to uh, the, the the hospital trust so we felt that was a very good meeting and it was a worthy course to give some money to um, and this is what we can do as members you can give us ideas of uh, charities that we can donate some money to each year um, I know last year the fans all got together and we donated to the well in Wolverhampton yeah. uh, I think that did a lot of good at Christmas giving out food yeah. parcels uh, it's this type of thing that we want to try and help um, we do have sponsors. Uh, we have four sponsors that uh, sponsor us. Um, it is a way of bringing in enough money to make sure you have got a little bit of money in the bank each year. We put a buffet on for free at the open meeting. Um, that was paid for out of some of the sponsorship. So we do balance it. The books are open to anybody. If anybody wants to see what money's at the bank, there'll be an AGM, hopefully at the end of February, where elections will be held by being a member you get a vote at the elections if you want to stand as a, a board member so if you wanted to stand in my role as chairman you can put yourself forward um, we have a vice chairman dan we have a treasurer a secretary um, a fans liaison secretary a membership secretary um, so there's various roles that will come up um, one of our members has just been voted onto the fsa national council uh, neil um, and then obviously we've got uh, young Kieran who does his bit within the, the supporters trust uh, with his FSA work. So we've got a nice diverse body of people around us. What I am looking for and what I would love is some more ladies to join us. Ladies, you're not representative properly and some more diverse minority groups. Um, we only seem to have a certain genre that's joining us. That needs to be a lot more. So if you support ladies football join us if you are from a, an ethnic background join us it's here for you it's not just for for individuals the wolves parliament was very much wolves decided who they let on we're not it's open to anybody and i must get that over open to anybody yeah, yeah and, it, and if people want to join sorry dave i've got the uh, website address now it's www.wolves1877trust.co.uk so if people want to join that's www wolves1877trust.co.uk fantastic i'll make sure i leave a link to that in the description of the podcast on youtube and on uh, obviously apple and, and and spotify as well but i've got to say yeah. i went last week really enjoyed it fantastic seeing jody fantastic seeing a number of wolves fans there the buffet was great obviously uh, raffle was great but i actually learned a lot a lot of stuff that was going on in behind the scenes at the club you know uh, kieran and obviously you guys as well had questions for the club which answered a lot of things as well so really good and obviously guys if you want to get involved uh with the trust check out the link and uh sam once again thank you dan thank you for jumping on talking walls and hopefully we talk to you again soon that's a pleasure thank you Big thanks to Sam Payne and Dan Warren there from Supporters Trust for giving, it, giving us their time this week to talk through what they want to try and do with the Trust. So, lads, I think it's time we move on to the questions because I was going to we we're going to talk about styles of play and what we do and stuff, but we're running out of time. I feel like we've already we've already gone through that. Um, so, I will go onto Twitter now and have a look. So, I think. <coughs> Excuse me. The bulk of the questions, as you can imagine, are do you think we will buy anyone of note in January? Now, I know we get this we get asked this every podcast and we all always say the same answer, but I feel like there's probably been a few more stories in the past two weeks that would suggest we're probably not Dave. What what do you reckon? Um we need to, and I hope we do. Well, based on the last few transfer windows or the last four, four or five transfer windows, I'm not going to hold my breath. Even the summer window, 
going up to deadline day, I thought we were going to sign like another two or three players and we didn't. More, so I don't more, know. More. Um, <laughs> I think we'll bring in players, but at the same time, I think players will be go out on loan. So I think in terms of squad size, it's going to be pretty similar to what we've got now, which isn't really what we want. But yeah, it's going to be frustrating, I think. Finn, are you as pessimistic as Dave or do you think we're going to pull it out of the bag in John? Well, Bruno's made it quite clear that he's, up, well, trying to be optimistic, whether it'll happen again, because in the summer he said the same thing and, yeah, we ended up on a very depressing live stream. Um, it, so, no, it wasn't. It was great. It was a great live <laughs> stream. Yeah, we, we made the best out of a bad situation, yeah. to be fair. Great night. So, Matt, get practising the impressions, I think. I think it's going to be a disappointing one again, but we do need, <laughs> we do need a few players in. I think well, we should definitely do a de deadline day live stream, though, again this year. Uh, this, this window, because <laughs> it, was, it was a laugh. It was it was a laugh, and you, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. Uh, Key, what do you think? Do you think that Foson are going to put their hand in the pocket and and sort us out, nice us up, or do you think it's going to be um, sell to buy, or do you just think they just can't be asked? No, I'd like to think so, but I don't buy into the whole they've lost interest. But I just can't see them doing it in a January window where the prices often don't suit. I'd like to think we'll have a good window in the summer, and they'll back Bruno if they see enough in him this year. But um, yeah. I even even if it's people in on loan, just to bulk the squad out a bit and give us a bit more in terms of options and squad depth um, to give us more of a chance to second season. But I really don't want to go into deadline day again um, <laughs> because the last few we've gone into hopes with deadline day and then that happens. I was sat, sat in a bar in Tenerife watching you lot run away that deadline day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I know. I love that live stream. One of the favorite, one of the most favorite things to be talking walls. It was very funny. <laughs> um, I've seen quite a lot of people here talking about Morgan Gibbs White on on Instagram. Dave, did we recall him in Jan? Or I mean, if we've, we've got no, if we don't bring anyone else in, I'd, I'd be tempted to say yes. But on the premise that he plays, would you reckon? Yeah, that, that's exactly that. If yeah. you if you, you recall him, you play him. You don't do what. <clears throat> we did last season, recalled him and he had like a handful of games or a handful of minutes. You've got to play him. And obviously, it was Forrest in the Cup. We were sat next to his dad up there and he was just saying how sort of he, he's just a young lad that wants to play football um, and there's no point. And, and it, it's sort of the same situation with the likes of Fabio Silva, Keanu Hoover. There's no point at that age being sat on the bench. They've got to play. Um, I think Morgan's thriving, doing well. Mm. I, I I thought he was one of our best players in pre-season, so I was surprised he was let out on loan. And I wouldn't be against seeing him in one of those wide positions or you know in that number ten role, like I spoke about a little bit earlier on. But if he's to come back, you have to guarantee that he's going to be playing football. Uh, there's no point in bringing him back if he's just going to sit on the bench again. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, he's, yeah, he's playing uh, like as an inside forward for Sheffield United. That's he's what I playing. think we need as well. Mm. Mm -hmm. I oh, know we haven't got enough wide men. Um, <laughs> he definitely, if he comes back and that's where he's playing him, he's not going to play at all. Mm, yeah, you're probably right. Unless, unless one of them goes, but yeah, mm. uh, you, know, you can't you can't play him as a holding mid. He would have to be as a number ten. Oh no, numbers. he's pissing in the wind with that. Um, another interesting question that we've had from, from quite a few people is, what do you do with Fabio Silva and John Finn? <sighs> If you bring someone else in, like you've more, 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 then you can loan him out. You can't, you can't have one striker, can you? you? You, you'd have to keep him. And I know there was that stuff breaking recently about him not warming up correctly or having attitude problems. But if you put yourself in his shoes and he's warming up for forty-five minutes uh, a week and never coming on or coming on in the 89th minute, I think I'd start to get to like I'm going to put in half intensity on these. I don't really blame him. There's been games where you want to check on another striker. I thought he was quite good against Villa. I think that's the last time he played. He caused were, a few yeah. problems. So I, I do feel sorry for him again, just like Morgan. He's a young lad that will want to play football. It, the whole deal just seems to make less and less sense the longer this goes on. But I when think you, think, you yeah. yeah, maybe bring in a striker around that sort of, someone that's happy to sit on the bench and then get him out on loan because these are the vital years, aren't they? So he needs to get out and play some football. It does seem a bit of a mardy fucker though, doesn't he? Like he... He just seemed like <laughs> a little bit miserable. But like, Raul's been really poor the last three games anyway. And like, he's probably thinking, well, why aren't I getting a chance? But suppose if you're not showing willingness to come on, at, at the yeah. very least, you, you, you're not going to, are you, Kay? No, I personally, I'd love to see him get out on loan. Um, 
I'd love to see Gibbs White stay out on loan for the season. He's flourishing at Sheffield United. I'd like to see Hoover get out on loan. Luke Kundal's clearly impressing Bruno. He needs to be out playing regular football if he's at that stage, whether it be in the Championship League one. But we just haven't got the squad do it at the minute. We can't afford to let them go out on loan. I thought letting Gibbs White go was, was a strange decision with no one else coming in. Um, but for the players' development, that's definitely the best thing for them. But um, primarily, we've got to look after the team and the club and, and we just can't afford to let any more go without at least two or three coming in. Or we could do what we did on deadline day when Bruno says we need at least two or three out through the door and then end up with less players than we started with. Which is just peak walls. Uh, that, you, you mentioned there about Hoover, mate. Um, that there's, a, there's a few questions about should we let Hoover go in January on loan? I suspect that's off the back of the Liverpool game that people are asking that. Mm. But what do you reckon, Dave? Do you think that a, a loan move for Keanu Hoover would be a good thing? I don't really think we've got the depth to do it, if I'm honest. No. Depends if Johnny comes back anytime soon. Yeah, I think it's probably yeah <clears throat> probably depends on that. I would loan him out. I think, like I said earlier, him, Fabio, they all like Kundal's a good shout there by Kieran. I think they all need loan moves. Um but we need we need them. Um unless folks are gonna say, right, yeah, you can you can let them go until the end of the season and we'll sign this player on a short term deal, or we can get this player for X amount of money. Um, then fair enough, but yeah, they need they need to be playing football, even 23s football. Just play play them more regularly. They need to be playing competitive football. And at the moment, it's not happening. That's just going to stunt their development. And even against Liverpool, I don't understand why Fabio didn't come on. I would have brought him on in the front two, him and Jimenez, um, for the last few minutes or so. Um, but yeah, they they need they need to be playing football, especially Silva. Like he's he's not playing all for the under 23s because he's on the bench for us. But he's not playing for us, so. How do you how do you expect him to develop? Like, what what what's the point? Yeah, I don't, I don't really get it. Um, uh, got a couple. Well, one question that's really 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 stood out is completely unrelated to walls. It's off hyperactive four seven six. But just wanted to ask how how you're all doing. How nice is that? Oh. <laughs> Very nice. Never trust a man with numbers in his username. I'm all right, but Dave obviously doesn't like <laughs> you. So. Uh, <laughs> we're fine. Um, and the last one is a little bit of a little bit of a curveball here. Yeah. Four three foot four three three four three three with Raul as a cam thoughts. He's saying all, all, a cam in a four three. He's, he's all playing four three three four any day if it's FIFA. What is it? What? <laughs> who's who's that, Matt? Four, uh, uh, his name's Jim Gymnasium. Jimenez. Oh yeah, Jimenez Gymnasium. Um, no, not so that. essentially, it'd be a four-two-one-three, wouldn't it? No, nah, it's way too attacking for Wolves. No way. Finn, what were your thoughts? Shewon in uh, Jimenez is number ten. <laughs> no, it's. I think they're thinking along the lines of when Liverpool are losing, aren't they? And they drop Firmino into the ten and then put someone up up front. But I, I don't think because he does drop deep. But I can't, no, he doesn't. I, I mean, try it once. I don't know. FA Cup. I don't know. Chuck him in there if you want to. But. <laughs> I don't think there's any point in doing that. But do you reckon, Kay? Uh, no. And let's be honest, it, regardless of what we said, never going to happen, is it? So. No. Yeah. yeah but well, that Bruno's a big listener of the pod. We wouldn't have yeah. taken inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> um, I said this to Dave in the week, and he basically called me a tosser. Um, I, I potentially wouldn't like to try um, Trincao or Adama and then Huang through the middle. And then Pedence on the left, oh, and yeah. have a bit more fluidity across the front three, similar to how we did with Jota Cavalera and Costa in the Championship, yeah. um, where they kind of interlink and, and just change and move across the front three. Where and Dave was just like, "What are you going on about?" No, <laughs> so if, if you'd like to see that in the FA Cup game against Sheffield United, put it in the comments. I'd see in the FA Cup. No, no, no. You <laughs> yeah, but in a Mickey Mouse game, they can do it, but not, nah, not in the, uh, not against the big boys. I reckon he should. I reckon Juan could play centrally. Oh, I do. I said him at Villa and he was crap. <laughs> yeah, he was, yeah, he was, to be fair. Yeah. Well, do it don't help when he's got flipping a Darwin next to him, I suppose. But yeah, he was gash against Villa. There you gash. go. The gash, gash Clarkson. Yeah. <laughs> okay, what do you reckon of my little suggestion there? Uh, I don't trust Trinko enough for it. Um, seen little good moments from him, but not enough for me at the minute. I know he's not had consistent game time really, but uh, other than the first few games, 
No, I think you need Timonez in there for me. You need him in there. Thank you, Kieran. That's Thank you. Last time we come on the podcast. <laughs> what's, the, what's the most like outlandish position change you could come up with that might actually work? Someone put it in the comments, like some mad. You know, like they do what on FIFA. They move the Dharma to, yeah, yeah, mm. something like that, or like the Dharma to <laughs> centre back, like they're going to do on FIFA. Could you, it's always oh, the last 10 minutes of this podcast where it just goes down the shitter. <laughs> like, it's just... Oh, I said one. Ruben Neves in the Connor Cody role. Talk to me about that. That would work. No, he wouldn't. How would it not? Because he's... It, I, know he's I know Cody's not a centre-half, centre but <laughs> it's... It, nah. Not, so you got not a good centre mid to partner whoever in the middle. Connor, Ruben Neves Ruben. could play the role of the sweeper. Whoever. No, I don't. You want him a bit further forward, don't you? Where he can hurt teams. Yeah, I know that. I know. I'm not saying he should play there, but <laughs> I'm saying he'd be all right there. Entertainment, Matt. Yeah. What about? Do you remember when, like, when we swapped to four at the back, and then they used to still put on the team graphic that Neto was at left wing back? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, what about yeah. that? Yeah. Just do that or trink out left wing back. Put uh, if you, if you, people are going to comment, put what they think is a better shout: Ruben Neves as a, as a half back or as a centre half. <laughs> Or playing that front three that I said. Different things, man. They're totally different situations. Your thing is very realistic. Oh, my word. (laughs) Oh, you know. I reckon to play a a back three of Saar, Sondergaard and Rudder. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Bring back Jeffrey Munjangi beer. Whilst we're at it. Didn't he he get done recently for cultivating cannabis? Uh, What a lad. I'm not sure. He did, didn't he? Brighton the Bakari effect, mate. Yeah, and bakari has gone from Coventry, hasn't he, as well? That's mm. the second time they've got rid of him. Uh, it, it, uh, by all accounts, you, you know, like you have a lot of your team meetings and stuff. He'd just be like, I don't really see the value in him, so I'm not going to come. Yeah, he never turned <laughs> up, did he? He always turned up like an hour late to stuff. Yeah. Such a shame, though, mate, because like, he, he's a serious player in there, but he'll, he'll, ne- he'll never do anything now. And it's such a shame to see it get to waste. But it's one of those things, isn't it? These happens with footballers sometimes. Anyway, chaps, I think that's enough for this week. We're well over an hour with the podcast now. Um, I've enjoyed it, though. It's been good to be back. And we promise we promise we'll be back more frequently. Now I'm, I'm back on my feet a bit more and the games are coming thick and fast. So, Dave, where can people find you should they wish to follow you? Uh, yeah, it's at Dave as a party on Twitter, which is D-A-V-E-A-Z-O-P-A-R-D-I. Finn, where can people find you should they wish? Finners, F-I-N-E, double R-Z, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Thank you. Keith, where can people find you, should they wish, mate? Well, I see 1104 Barcode, Twitter, Instagram, and plenty of writing on the blog section of Talking Wolves. Well, you know when Dave said, don't trust a bloke with numbers in his name. Follow him. <laughs> 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 on the <laughs> Yeah, make sure you go and give Keith a follow, because he's helped us out loads over the past couple yeah. of years. So make sure, if you're going to do anything, either comment, which thing you think's more ridiculous or going to give Keir a follow. Um, and you can follow me, M Cooper Wright on Twitter and Matt Cooper Bite on YouTube. And of course, Dave's going to see out the show because he's been doing his years. Yeah. Well, uh, Talking Walls as well, at Talking Walls everywhere, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and uh, well, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Yeah. Um, and obviously, because it's coming up to Christmas, talkingwalls.co.uk, we've still got uh, some Raul Jimenez Christmas cards on there. So if you want to go and treat a loved one or even a rival fan then go and check that out as well but um if you listen on youtube or watching on youtube be sure to hit the like button subscribe to the channel if you're on apple podcasts leave us a review um but until next time guys we'll see you very very soon